Whiskey Bulldogs acknowledges that we reside on the lands of the people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. If you'd like to learn more, go to reconciliation.org.au. Gone direction! Whiteman! What about that climb? Tiny little man just sat on Max's head. To Barney Smith score. Towards goal. Barney Smith as he got the dogs in off Bradley Welcome to episode 16 of the Whiskey Bulldogs podcast, the only podcast for Bevy and Bevo enthusiasts. I'm your host, Tim Outhred. Thank you for listening. This episode, I'll review the previous Bulldogs games against the Hawks and Eagles. I watched these two as replays and oh boy, they were torture. And of course, this week, I'll preview the upcoming and last game of the home and away season in round 24 against the Cats in Geelong coming up on Saturday night. The season is still alive, but only just and is in a critical condition. Can they make history and beat the Cats at the Cattery? And go on to play finals this year? We're yet to see. If dogs win, it'll be katadoxa, or contrary to belief in Greek. So we'll have an unthinkable quote-unquote whiskey to try this week in the Mountain Distillery Red Gum Single Malt. Hope you enjoy. Josh Bruce has announced his retirement with a touching gathering at the Mona Castle Hotel. At 31 years of age and 163 matches across 13 years in the AFL, Bruce played 50 matches for the Bulldogs. Dogs fans rode the highs and lows with Bruce. I was there for the ACLs in 2021 and this year in 2023, but his goal-kicking performance in 2021 will certainly not be forgotten, especially his 10-goal hole, which made history in him being only the sixth Bulldog to achieve that. In other news, James O'Donnell signs for two years, which is a great move for the club as he is showing some good signs and confidence in the tail end of the season. The AFLW preseason scratch match between Bulldogs and Kangaroos went the way of the Kangaroos, 14-77. to So hopefully it was a good lesson and helpful for their preparation against the Cats at round one on Saturday the 2nd of September. Don't forget to join the Whiskey Bulldogs AFLW Tipping and Fantasy. You can find the links on the show notes for those. In AFL news, Damien Hardwick officially named the coach of the Suns. 
be quite a feat if he can lead that team to a finals campaign in the future. And AFL will surely need to review their goal review process. Like in other sports, there should be some kind of video umpire who can make calls and recall play during the game. So mistakes like that don't happen. On to the tips. In round 22, I got six from nine. The ones that just went the other way uh, were a few of the roughies that I put down. Um, I didn't get uh, Cats versus Collingwood. I did get Blues against Demons, which was great. Um, but of course, uh, Giants were stopped by Port. And I didn't get the Hawks versus Bulldogs, which was an unsurprising surprise. In round 23, I got five from nine. Uh, the ones that went the other way were Lions, who had a great win against the Magpies. Saints surprised with their win against the Cats. Crows surprised in their controversial loss to the Swans. In my mind, they had won that game. Uh, and surprise of the season, uh, Bulldogs losing against the Eagles. In round 24, Magpies should win against Bombers, Hawks against Fremantle. Suns against Kangaroos, Lions against Saints. And my roughie of the week is Bulldogs to win against Cats in Geelong. Crows should get it done against Eagles, as should Power against Tigers. Now, uh, Swans at home versus Demons. It's an interesting one, um, but I'll go Demons on that one. I am hoping that Blues win against Giants, of course, and they should be able to do it. So in round 22, we had Hawks versus Bulldogs at Utah Stadium in Launceston on Sunday, the 13th of August. I watched this game after the fact. Uh, Hawks were on a roll from their shock 32-point win against Magpies the week before, and they also knocked off the Dogs in a three-point win. In that week, we had Alex Keith and Arthur Jones, and out we had... Anthony Scott with concussion and JJ with calf issues again. The margin and goals each quarter were 1-4, to 3-2, 2-0, 3-3. With total scores Hawthorne on 67 to Bulldogs 64. How the game was lost. The new and improved Hawks were stunned by Dogs with their intensity and precise ball movement in the opening quarter. Building a lead that proved challenging to overcome. Then Hawks turned it on and the Bulldogs lost the ability to contain their opponent. Libba was subbed out before halftime with concussion with Oscar Baker coming in as the sub. West tackle on Sicily gifting a free kick from out front was incredible but then Hawks scored the other way. Dogs with a good lead in the first half keeping the margin close. Dogs were looking out of the contest in the fourth and they should have won. Dogs forget how to score from stoppages and also not not making it count when needed. Dogs were outpressured and outmaneuvered in the third quarter as well. Dogs had very little of the football and the midfield wasn't working, with Hawks cutting across the field and changing direction. Bont was kept out of the game, 
Orcs had 126 disposal to 53. And dogs with no scores in that third quarter. The turning point was Ed's miskick gifting Mitch Lewis a goal. And this was just after English had saved another goal with a finger on the goal line. And then of course was English with a kick out at the death. Which typified the Bulldogs inability to secure clutch wins of late. They seemed confused and unrehearsed at the end of the game again. Where one play down the middle could have given them a chance. It was another good start by the dogs with a poor finish. Hawks played a great game against the dogs, who couldn't be stopped. The Bulldogs lost to a renewed Hawks side, who have now taken some big scalps at the end of the season. The Bulldogs needed an easy win in round 23, following the loss to the Hawks the previous week, to keep their finals hopes alive. Bulldogs were in 8th position on 12 wins, at 108.9%, and West Coast were in 17th position with just the two wins on 59.8%. The Bulldogs had a 51 win percentage at Marvel Stadium compared to the Eagles 41%, and Bulldogs had a good chance against West Coast of late, typically doing a number on them like many other teams have done this season. Eagles had a recent win against the Kangaroos, and a narrow loss against the Bombers the previous round. The week before, they had lost by 101 points against Fremantle. Anthony Scott was subbed out with concussion against the Hawks and returned to the side in place of Libba, who was in concussion protocols. The margin and goals each quarter it was three goals to five, two goals to two, five to two, and two to five, with total score 85 to 92, where the West Coast won. Like against Hawks a week before, Bulldogs did not seem to turn up in this game and Eagles did well to be on top. Dogs were looking good from clearance in the third and the Bont was able to find space and score to take the lead. The turning point for me was when the Bont was tackling well and he won a free from um, an Eagle holding the ball. But then he kicked into the man on the mark. Uh, so that Eagles were able to win the ball back and score from defensive 50. The things that looked okay was the Bont, uh, who carried the team in the second half and nearly got the job done. James O'Donnell with some excellent intercepts and looking confident down back. And Dogs winning at contest from ground ball. Things that weren't going so well was that the Bont was limited in the first half and Dogs not nullifying the ball winners at at times hit outs were won to space by the bulldogs rather than to a player and there was a libicized gap at times i mean you couldn't put it down to liver just being out for one week but i think we have relied on him winning possession and getting the clearance surprisingly lob was the lead goal scorer at three goals uh with just about all the fo other forwards and mids having a crack at goal Norton spent a lot of time off ground, but perhaps banged up a little and wasn't that successful. Eagles' big defenders, especially McGovern, were incredible, leaving Norton and Eugle Hagen with few opportunities. I saw Bailey Smith not doing well as per lately. <laughs> um, he had three kicks out of defense, which weren't hitting his man. For a run through the quarters, um, we were losing center clearances early in the first and conceding quick goals. Bulldogs just weren't able to stop the ball winners. Um, 
in uh, Tim Kelly and forward Oscar Allen. And they weren't able to stick any marks and carry some possession forward. Eagles were just able to nullify the usual effect of Tim English. In the second quarter, that's when Norton started to look banged up. Dogs finding some entries inside 50, but not scoring. Dogs were on the back foot from Eagles pushes from defensive 50, much like we saw with GWS. Dogs even things up a little, but still not playing confidently and still behind. In the third, Dogs got the lead, but uh, during stalemate play in the middle, with some excellent breaks from ground ball and the bunt doing bunt things and getting some space. Dogs were up at the third quarter and things were looking okay. Then the turning point in the fourth quarter where the bond hit the man on the mark and then Eagles are able to score. Then Eagles were getting a run on the scoreboard via Cripps who was allowed to move inside 50 and Dogs couldn't get it back. Cripps ended up with five. And then, of course, the missed opportunities was with the Dogs in the forward 50 at the end. Cost us the game. Bulldogs came away with no injuries this match, but saw in defeat. I don't think any amount of talk can take away from the worst loss this season, which shouldn't have happened. Dogs will be looking to review their season after this loss. It seemed like we play with half a list the last couple of games, with the middle of the ground not working well, which was our engine house of how we would get movement forward. I've been saying week in, week out, the same names that are best on ground and and they're the elite of the elite of the competition. And then others seem to have a mixed performance. We've seen McRae, Smith, even Lobb under pressure a lot of the time. And these are meant to be experienced players. Yes, we had a collapse in defense at some point, but we should have been able to regroup. When the Bont at least has some cogs in motion around him, he is a match winner. I don't think these other players are bad at all. They are let down by tactical mistakes or seemingly lack of learning from these which exacerbate mixed performances. Also, these players seem to not have consistent game time. They're swapped and changed a lot. So I think there's inexperience upon inexperience which exacerbates problems. The young defenders are especially under pressure, but um, they should be held up by the more experienced players in Liam Jones, JJ, Ed Richards, and then with players like English coming down back when needed. Something's not right at Whit Noble. The Bont has towed the party line this week in light that there's still a chance to make the finals. And he's so incredibly professional like that. And his speech to the media on Monday was, in, was really, really good. I hope that behind closed doors... He is advocating for change and out of necessity of the club to succeed, but also for him to personally succeed with the club during this time he has left. The next game is a must and seemingly impossible win, and also the rest of the ladder has to go the dog's way to scrape the finals. Because the fan base was sold a team contending for top four, but would pass a top eight finish, without this I think a lot of confidence will be lost in the football department. Fans will be wanting to know where things are at with a review. Fans will want to know if Bevo's team have enough to get their captain, Marcus Bontepelli, a flag. What a way for the Bulldogs to end the season with a must-win game at Geelong. Bevo and the Bont have not won at Geelong. They must lead a team confident in their ability to get it done. 
they will need to give it their all this game. If somehow Bevo can do the unthinkable and win at Geelong and take the team into finals, he will be hero of the day. In loss, however, the Bont will be the hard done by hero and no one will blame him. Even if the Bont has an uncharacteristically bad game, Bevo's tenure is on the line. Cats have already beaten Bulldogs in this season in that disappointing 22-point loss at Marvel in round 12 that started to whittle belief in the side being a top side. Before that, in their premiership season at Geelong, Cats defeated Dogs by 28 points and before that in round 12 at Marvel by 13 points. Last time Dogs won against Cats was in 2019 in round 16 and the last time Dogs won in Geelong was in 2003. In terms of form for the Bulldogs, losses of late have been with the narrowest of margins but have been to bottom teams. The Dogs' loss to bottom teams late this season will likely cost them a finals campaign. It will be do or die this game, so, so Bulldogs will need to show some spirit and that despite their most likely fate, they'll need to fight and fight hard. Cats have come off a surprise loss against the Saints last round and are out of top 8 contention. They will want to end the season on a win despite their known fate and despite many players out with injuries and having surgeries. Cats are just a fraction ahead on form of late and on the team stats like marks inside 50 and shooting accuracy, there's nothing like Cats at home. Dogs will be looking for a miracle win. Coming back in for the Dogs will be Hayden Crozier, Toby McLean and Tom Libertori. Out will be Bailey Smith with illness. Taylor Dure from Suspension and Jack McRae with Concussion Protocols. How the game can be won to the Bulldogs. Clearance, keeping and taking away possession and keeping Geelong to their forward 50. We've done it before. Cats are just too dangerous in possession and on the run forward in their home deck. They have a muscle memory for it. Libba will need to come back with his classic head of the ball game and work his magic to get the ball out to advantage and congestion and do his tackles and stop opposition in the midfield before they get a look forward. The defense against the Cats forwards will be tested and if Jones, O'Donnell and Keith can hold and intercept with Dale, JJ and Richards in support, then they could just do enough. Then forwards will need to work in congestion we will need English and Norton forward to climb over the top. Hugo Hagen and Love will be needed to take leads and take marks on the run. When the game has slowed, dogs will need to take their time to work in and outside the narrow 50 to reposition to optimize accuracy. So a lot will have to go the dogs way for them to win at Cadinia Park. I don't trust the dogs to win this one not only for historical reasons, but also because of recent performance. The all new Cats team might just get it together who knows? They are certainly without their goal-kicking machines in Cameron and Hawkins, so Cats might only lose to a dip in accuracy where dogs just get an edge if their confidence is somehow restored. Our midfield engine room is back to full capacity and hopefully we can see some English Bont deliver Trelaw magic. In the final week of the home and away season, if dogs do not win this game against this very substandard cat side they are putting up, I think the club will be seriously considering revoking the contract extension they signed with Bevo. I don't think 
making the finals will be the benchmark for the overall performance of the dogs this year. It will be the constant marginal losses and that last 25% needed to get ahead. Indeed, if dogs do not make finals, I think Bulldogs fans will be not great enthusiasts of Bevo as they once were. I think we'll be looking at the Bont to get something new behind him and that will be most likely a combination of tactical and list renewal. The club should do everything they can for the Bont. The cracks this season were already showing in the Bulldogs camp as things were not going their way and Bevo could lose with honour this year and resign. Bevo will still have the opportunity to be clapped off and congratulated for his era as a coach. Maybe Bevo does get his last chance before 2024 and I don't think Bulldogs fans will allow another year where finals are not made with the Bont as captain. So to fit with the theme of the week, the impossible and unthinkable has happened. A quote-unquote whiskey that is not matured in barrel for years. Mountain Distilling in Gisborne, Victoria have done it with technology that takes maturation down to just 14 days. It is highly controversial that this is called a single malt, which is an unregulated term, and that it's sold alongside whiskey that does meet the Australian whiskey definition, which is at least two years in wood. Anyway, all that aside, and no matter what you call it, the Mountain Distilling Red Gum is quite a food technology feat and is quite a delicious and critically acclaimed spirit. One day, Dad and I went up to Macedon Ranges to go to Mount Torong Vineyard. There, the local winery owner, George Cromasco, introduced us to his uh, single malt that he developed uh, in collaboration with Monash University and the process is quite the closely guarded secret. Yet this dark coloured liquid at 58% smells and tastes like whiskey and it's a pretty good one. It actually holds up but the red gum taste might not be to everyone's liking. So onto a tasting, it's a mahogany color. On the nose, it's very cakey, quite, quite whiny a bit. Bit of red gum, menthol, aniseed. On the palate, it's got this light mouthfeel. It's a little oily. You can see the legs come down just like on your regular whiskey. It's quite incredible. Um, it's woody spice, minced fruit, bit of orange. And the finish is a bit smoky, um, a little bit sulfury, a little bit rubbery. And just with a dash of water, let me try that. This has really opened this up to be quite sweet on the nose. And you certainly attenuate that um, burnt rubbery finish. Yeah, I think it's a, a lot better with just a tiny dash of water. Hmm, I don't think it's as menthol-y or eucalyptus-y. 
as before too. This dram is for those wanting something weird and wonderful and for the curious I think. If you tried the Archie Rose smoked red gum or stringy bark smoked and like those, uh, but maybe looking for something a little bit more subtle on the eucalyptus front then probably love this. We might see more rapid maturation products like this in future but I think the more classic scotch malt drinker would like to try something from more of an oak wood flavor than eucalyptus as a comparison to what they used to know that is matured for much longer in wood. On a side note, uh, this month the Whiskey Club are offering a 200ml sample of Talisker by signing up with referral codes. Whiskey of the month this month is the Talisker Cognac Cast and as an add-in you can get the Starwood Cognac Single Cast which I certainly will try and get my hands on as last year's batch was fantastic. You can sign up to the Whiskey Club with the referral code 32887 after clicking I was referred and have a look at the website to see whether the terms of the subscription are right for you. If you do sign up then we could record a wee interview and a tasting of the sample for the podcast. Anyway, hope you enjoy the footy and some drams along the way. I'll see you next time. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Tim Alfred and you've been a great audience. To follow socials, Instagram and Twitter, search Whiskey Bulldogs. Send me a message that way or email me or feel free to join and post in the Whiskey Bulldogs Facebook group. I've loved your posts of whiskey, doggies and footy related adventures so far and also love reading your thoughts on Whiskey Bulldogs. Hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast today. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your fantastic podcasts. Search Whiskey Bulldogs. On the Spotify platform, you can even send me a voice message or a question, and you might even get on the pod. I hope to make this pod more about you and what you want to hear. It means a lot and thank you so much for your support and being a friend of the podcast. Go on, pour yourself a wee dram and enjoy the footy. Until next time, cheers, slange, sante, go dogs. Yeah.